Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Van Life Lab podcast, where we explore the trials and joys of van life. This week's episode is just Eric and I. Um, Kayla is off doing her amazing canine conservationist work in Central America. So Eric and I thought we'd take this opportunity to dig into one of our favorite topics, which is actually insulation for four-season van life. Um, So we're going to dig into theory, how we did ours, um, and lessons we've learned along the way. But as usual, before we get started, Eric, let's tell everyone where we're coming to them from. I'm super excited. We are uh, just had a fantastic day of skiing in Telluride, Colorado. So we are parked at the base of the mountain. Uh, Telluride we have found to be overall very easy for van lifers. Um, not going to give away specific spots, but uh, <laughs> the town as a whole is pretty relaxed. Uh, awesome. Lots of things to do. Highly recommend you all come out. Uh, but that's where we are. Awesome. Yeah. And if we haven't um, quite dug into it, I think we have, but... Um, We have been living winter van life for the past few months, so we can definitely speak to this insulation topic. And Kayla has been living like deep in the tropics, so um, we also have her, you know, thoughts from afar on that. So let's just dig in. Um, Eric, why don't you help me understand the various types of heat transfer and how it plays into a conversion van and insulation and all of that? Yeah, when talking about heat uh, insulation, the first thing you uh, need to talk about is heat transfer, and there are three different mechanisms of heat transfer, Uh, and there are different types of insulation that help with different methods of heat transfer. So, the first uh, method of heat transfer is known as conduction. Um, This is a direct uh, transfer of heat from a hot surface to a cold surface when two surfaces are touching. The next type of heat gain is known as radiation. Uh, The sun gives off uh, infrared radiation. We all soak up infrared radiation. We also give off our own radiation. You know, think the, uh, uh, you know, all of us being warm bodied uh, materials. This is uh, heat that is absorbed from from afar, basically. Um, Two surfaces that are not in contact with one another. And finally, we have convection, uh, which is basically just air circulation, mixing of uh, you know cold air with hot air, moist air with dry air. Uh, this is just an evening out of uh, an overall environment. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for that overview. I think I kind of forgot to mention, or maybe I did at the beginning, that when we talk about insulation, and you kind of alluded to it, this is basically to keep you warm in the winter and cool in the summer. So there's like a very fine balance of what needs to get done during a van build, which we have learned through our two conversion vans. Um, basically, you're, when you insulate, you know, it's maybe not just for winter, but it's also for summer. So I'm hoping maybe now you can explain the different types of options folks have for insulations now that we know the um, types of heat transfers. Yeah, well, I'm glad we went over the different types of uh, heat transfer because the most common type of insulation that people think of are mass insulations. Mass insulations prevent against uh, conduction heat transfer, and these are insulations such as Havelock wool, thin slit, 
your foam insulations like XPS foam board, you got uh, rock wool and fiberglass, even spray foam, all of these things that just take up space. And basically what they do is they slow the heat, slow the process of heat transfer um, inwards or outwards. So in the winter, they're going to help keep the warm air in. In the summer, they're going to help keep the uh, hot air out. Uh, but you will get throughout the day uh, an equaling out of, um, you know, whatever temperature is outside will move inward unless there is uh, active heating or cooling. Uh, the second type of insulation is a radiant barrier. Uh, this is something like Reflectix, uh, low E. Um, these uh, help prevent against the uh, radiation um, in that they uh, reflect the infrared rays outward. So the infrared rays, um, you know, come down from the sun. They're emitted from, say, the hot metal of your van, mm -hmm. and then they hit this... Uh, this uh, reflective um, surface and they basically bounce back out. And finally convection, uh, well this was the, the one of the methods of heat gain. Uh, generally your walls are pretty well sealed in so convection is not a major player in the overall heat transfer um, in your van. Uh, so there's not a lot to be dealt with here your walls are pretty sealed in there's not a lot of airflow back there anyways coming off of the the convection topic that reminds me of kind of when i think of convection like you said it's air circulation so it's kind of like drying things out getting air moving throughout your van um a, i've heard a couple of times about vapor barriers um, can you speak to them a little bit in terms of the air moving through and drying things out? Or should I have a vapor barrier to um, prevent moisture from getting into the walls? Yeah, vapor barriers are a pretty hot topic in the van world. Uh, everyone wants to prevent condensation inside their walls because condensation uh, you know, can lead to rot in your uh, walls depending on your insulation type if you have any exposed metal it can you know start to rust so it's just something to always be be avoided but to understand how to prevent you know condensation let's first consider what it is you know just in the air there is uh, humidity um, and just the total amount of water in the air is the absolute humidity as the temperature of the air changes it can hold more or less water warm air can hold a lot of moisture cold air can hold very little moisture. So when you throw temperature into the equation, you get relative humidity. This is the percentage of moisture in the air that air at a given temperature can hold. Now, if you get warm air with moisture in it and then it cools, the relative humidity is going to increase. And if you hit 100% relative humidity, you're going to reach the dew point. This is the temperature at which uh, moisture will start condensing out of the air onto the cold surfaces. Uh, and this is what we really want to prevent. Now with moisture barriers, basically what you're trying to do is prevent the, uh, the transfer of moist air from inside the van. Because remember, inside the van we're doing all of our moisture generating activities. These are things like cooking and breathing that just generate a lot of 
uh, humidity if you use a little propane heater that generates a lot of humidity uh, so generally the inside of your van is more moist than inside the walls so we're trying to prevent the moist air from inside the van traveling uh, into your walls when people say moisture barrier uh, it's a relic of um, home building and it's a something that's very difficult to get right even uh, in a home uh, moisture barriers are generally uh, variable or one way in that uh, it's a semi-permeable membrane where moisture can travel ideally out from the walls but not from the moist environment back into the walls now in a van you have several things going on uh, that make this a rather difficult task um, first it's just not your walls aren't aren't straight there are all sorts of um, non-uniformities uh, you, know, you need to um, anchor your walls to the ribs and puncture that barrier uh, so it's something that's very difficult to get right. You know, gaps all along the edges is basically the only place moist air is going to get inside your walls anyways. But it makes it a difficult task. So the short answer is no, I don't think moisture barriers or vapor barriers are uh, all that effective or necessary uh, in a van. Rather, I would just choose an insulation that can handle and manage a little bit of moisture. Havelock wool is a great, great one. Wool is a natural fiber that can, uh, has all sorts of binding spots on it and can actually adsorb water when the relative humidity is, uh, is high um, and basically prevents the, the metal, the sheet metal from, uh, you know, ever uh, condensing water out of the air. Now, some care does have to be taken. I mean, your walls are already pretty sealed off uh, in the van just from the plywood being up there. You know, that's an impermeable uh, membrane, but you're getting extremely little convection uh, between, you know, the moist air in your van and, you know, the, the air behind your walls. Just some recommendations I have to prevent um, condensation. You just want to adhere your uh, insulation securely to uh, to the sheet metal. Um, this would be, you know, using like a, a 3M90 spray adhesive to attach your insulation directly to the wall rather than just maybe tying uh, strings through the ribs to kind of hold up and support your insulation just so you don't have an air gap between uh, the sheet metal and where your mass insulation starts. Awesome. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things that I learned, at least after we started building vans, was also that vans aren't actually watertight. So <laughs> like cargo, van well, if you buy a cargo van, some people buy passenger, um, but these cargo vans are actually meant like to get water in and out. So even if you had like a, at least to my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like even if you had a vapor barrier, there's still a possibility that water will come in and then eventually drain out like behind or in front of that vapor barrier. Um, so I think the points you made about basically just having like good airflow. Um, and like we've mentioned before, you know, we really believe two fans is important for that. Um, and then just, yeah, mitigating your condensation um, instead of, you know, spending time and money on a vapor barrier is um, a good decision. 
That's exactly right. Vans are not watertight, <laughs> at least in uh, the Ford Transit vans that we have. All of the door handles mm. um, actually are not watertight, so water will seep in through the door handles and just drains out. Vans are kind of designed like uh, airplanes in that mm. they're designed to, you know, have water condense on, on them on them but then not to pool in problematic locations and rather to always uh, slope downwards um, and drain out the bottom of the van. So I mentioned the door handles. Also in all of the um, like cavities of the ribs, if you uh, follow them down, there are uh, little you know pinprick size, size drainage slots um, all throughout uh, the, the side walls um, of your van. So yeah, even if you did manage a perfect vapor barrier uh, in your walls, you would still have these, you know, small points of convection that, mm -hmm. you know, moisture will travel in and out uh, of your walls. So I think the most important point is just to get a an insulation that can manage that moisture. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I want to move on to another topic that is really tough about living and building vans, and that's the fact that um, we live in a metal box, and <laughs> uh, metal is a very good con or bridge or conductor of heat. It's less of definitely a problem for us in the winter thermal bridging, um, but I, you know, a couple times in the summer, not a couple times, almost every day in the summer, basically the sun is beating down on your van. Um, how do you prevent thermal bridging when you build your van? Yeah, thermal bridging is just a concept uh, of having good heat conduction all the way from the a continuous path from the outside of the van mm -hmm. to the inside of the van. So the point of the insulation is to prevent that, that conduction. But uh, metal, of course, is a very poor, poor insulator slash good conductor uh, of heat. Wood is also a poor uh poor insulator good conductor of heat so if you strap uh your you know wood strappings directly to the metal frame you have a continuous path for that heat to uh you know leave your van in the winter and enter your van in the summer so it actually uh, is a problem in both winter and summer uh, but to prevent this you just need some sort of thin thermal break uh, it's a small layer of uh, generally a mass mass insulator um, between your uh, poor poor insulators. So we use three millimeter uh, closed cell foam for this uh, and basically we put this everywhere uh, that the wood was touching the metal frame um, to serve as that that barrier. So it's just breaking the uh, conductive path from the inside of the van to out to the outside. Having a really solid thermal break is is super important, especially um, as people you guys might know. We build our vans completely with extruded aluminum, um, which you know is another metal. Um, and the one thing that we actually did was use lizard skin. Do you want to talk to everyone kind of about what that does? Yeah, that totally slipped my mind. Uh, it's basically another uh, thermal bridge preventor. Um, it's a, a ceramic insulation. It's very thin. You spray it on the inside uh, of your vehicle. It's one of the first things you do. Um, and ceramic, of course, is a very good uh, insulator. Um, so you just spray this 
coat of a good insulator on you know on the sheet metal of your van and it just serves as that first thermal bridge so i guess we're preventing thermal bridging in two places one is uh, from the sheet metal um, to the insulation with that uh, lizard skin and the second is from the uh, sheet metal um, to the wood with that closed cell foam so we take thermal bridging very seriously yeah definitely um and i even like i can't wait to see the difference in the summer that the lizard skin makes in our rig like even just in the winter you know you can you can feel where we sprayed it and where we didn't um just feeling that thermal bridge is is cool um but of course you know lizard skin is a, a pretty high commitment for what it is <laughs> um so um, the closed cell foam is also a great solution or, or a combination. Um, I want to move on to some areas in the van that require a little more thought being the first being the floor. Obviously it, oh, I just keep thinking back to our first van when we did not do a great job insulating our floor and you would step down in the morning and it would be like stepping on ice cubes. Obviously we learned a lot since then and now our floor is very warm. Um, but I'm hoping let's, let's share some, um, a bit of wisdom about insulating the floor. Yeah. The floor is a special area in that not only do you need it to be insulated, but you also need to have a very high compressive strength. And that's just so it can support the weight of, uh, people and all the stuff that you put in your van. So a very common way that uh, people do this is they lay down furring strips uh, on on their floor. They can either be wood or aluminum, uh, but you glue those down in place and then you fill the spaces with a mass insulation. We used XPS uh, foam board. It has a very high uh, 15 PSI compressive strength, uh, or you can use something another mass insulation that's you know fluffy like say havelock wool mm -hmm. and then on top of that you lay a subfloor uh, generally half inch or three quarter inch uh, plywood um, to provide your floor that rigidity across uh, its entirety this has its pros and cons of course you have uh, thermal bridge points going from the metal of your van floor to the furring strip through that uh, plywood floor um, is all one giant thermal bridge. Another thing that can't be overlooked is just the finished, you know, flooring material that you choose in your van. Uh, that's the actual surface that your feet are going to be be on, and can really lead to a, a floor feeling, you know, cold or pleasant on the feet. Uh, luxury vinyl tile, you know, vinyl is a, a very poor insulator. Um, so it's what we had in our first van and even though we had an insulated subfloor It could be you know 40 degrees out and our floor would just feel freezing on our feet uh, and now we have uh, I'll get into it, but perhaps a less insulated floor, but our finished top sheet is a cork um, and cork is a uh, you know natural substance it's an insulator and we've been in sub-zero temps and you know still feels pretty good on the feet uh, so don't uh, underestimate uh, the importance of that top top sheet another uh, great um, you know top sheet that uh, you know is, is an okay insulator and would feel okay on the feet is uh, a woven woven material felt backed called uh, two tech two um, just comes in a giant roll 
um, and it actually just spray adhesives down super easy. Another kind of newer innovation to the van uh, market is uh, a rigid insulation that's also fully non-compressible. company outside of Portland has started making fiberglass reinforced uh, Kusa subfloors. Uh, this is a thermoset foam that has been co-opted from the uh, marine markets um, and kind of boat building. Uh, thermoset being it's it's non-moldable. Um, the opposite of thermoset is thermoplastic. You know, think of a f XPS foam as a thermoplastic. It can be melted. You know, you can compress it. Uh, it's what most people think of foam is. But thermoset foam is actually rigid. When it cures, it forms a chemical bond, uh, and it's you know a foam, but it feels you know just as rigid as uh, plywood. So it serves double duty in that you know this is both your insulation and your subfloor in uh, one layer. A um, couple advantages, couple of disadvantages. The disadvantage is the cost. Uh, this is going to be about three thousand dollars depending on your van uh, as opposed to the other method might just cost you anywhere from three and five hundred dollars. But that's the only disadvantage. There are lots of advantages. First of all, it's just it's super easy to install. It comes CNC cut to your van. All you do is glue it down. Um, it'll take you two to three hours to install as opposed to maybe two days uh, to do a full subfloor the other way. Another great benefit is that the Kusa is uh, fully waterproof. Your floor will never rot. Uh, vans are, you know, wet places. You're always stepping in and out of them. Uh, for us, we hang our skis on black on the back wall, and you know, snow is always running down them, melting. Uh, one way or another, I'm sure water is going to get in your subfloor, and yeah, it may run out. You know, run through those those channels. Um, but it is just peace of mind knowing that your subfloor literally can never rot because your subfloor is the foundation of your van. And finally, you're just going to uh, save a lot of weight this way. This is actually a fairly lightweight uh, material. It uh, weighs about 60% the weight of uh, plywood. So you're going to save anywhere from 50 to 75 pounds uh, of build weight when you choose this material, which uh, if you're doing a full build out, will actually add up 50 pounds here 70 pounds there really adds up and can make or break the difference between a van that is under gross vehicle weight rating versus over by the time it's fully loaded yeah thanks for sharing all those all those options i think one of the cool things that we've got to experience you know doing two builds kind of back to back is just like the evolution of the the van build market like they're as the months go on, people are producing more and more like CNC drop-in things and basically solutions for parts of van builds that you don't really need to spend time on. Like, you're right. Do you need to spend two to three days installing a subpar subfloor or do you drop the extra cash and have like a perfect CNC waterproof, um, you know, drop-in solution? And I think that was one of the things that we opted for in our second build and you know, didn't really know about during our first. So it's it's cool to see those things come about. Let's, so now that we've covered, you know, how heat is transferred, why our vans get cold and hot, um, the proper 
um, installation choices for each of them. Why don't we kind of close this out by sharing with folks how we personally <laughs> insulated our van to endure um, the coldest of temperatures since we've been chasing snow for the past three months. Yeah, I'll kind of take this question in order of uh, building of the van and what order we put these various insulation methods in. Uh, the first thing we did when we got the van was we sprayed it with uh, that ceramic insulation, that uh, lizard skin. Um, this was our first uh, radiant barrier um, that's going to help with that uh, thermal bridging. Um, required getting you know a big air compressor and suiting up. It was definitely a you know kind of stuffy uh, job, um, stuffy and messy. I was in a lab coat for like three days. Uh, I also did. We also did the uh, sound deadener, um, just another lizard skin product um, to consider uh, if you want to do the insulation. Probably just easiest to do both if you're already you know taping off your entire van. Uh, and getting ready for this spray job. Uh, next thing we did with the floor was we put that uh, Rainier system floor uh, in our van. This is that uh, fiberglass reinforced CUSA um, subfloor. So, you know, a half day of work to to glue it all down. Um, you know, they click lock in, in place real easy. You know, just let it cure for a day or two before you drive it anywhere. Uh, the Rainier floor does have a lower R value then you'll find with, uh, say, XBS. Um, XBS has an R value of 4. Uh, the Rainier floor has an R value of uh, about 2 and a quarter. Uh, but you do prevent all of that thermal bridging, which you can't do when you're using furring strips. Uh, so I consider that a win. Then we use two different mass insulations, uh, one for our ceiling and one for all our walls. Uh, we did use 3M thin slit on our ceiling just because it it holds its its form better when you spray adhesive it up, um, and also just working with the wool you know right above above your face and having wool fibers kind of rain down in your eyes when you're trying to look up um, isn't fun. So that was just an ease of installation thing uh, that we did, and then in our wall cavities in every single you know, rib and pillar, uh, we stuffed Havelock wool. Where we did attach the Havelock wool to uh, the walls of the van, it was, you know, spray adhesive if it was in a large unsupported, unsupported cavity. And then on the back of all our uh, birch wall panels, um, we put a layer of uh, three millimeter closed cell foam. It was actually low E. Uh, but we're not using it as a radiant barrier, we're just using it as a thermal break. So we have another thermal break between uh, you know, our wood wall panels and the metal uh, chassis of our van. Awesome, I think that's super helpful, kinda you know, learn how it works and then get the context of how we did it in our van. Um, I think that's a pretty good place to end the episode. I hope you guys um, now have a better understanding for not only the different types of insulations that can be used in your conversion van, but also, you know, how to properly use them for the right use case. Um, there is lots of different types of heat gain and loss and they're all at play and you really got to treat each one differently. Yeah, we hope that helps. We are going to drop a bunch of 
um, links to these things below as well as a link to our blog post where we actually um, basically this episode but in in word form um, and hope that helps you guys thank you guys so much for listening um, we appreciate all the reviews we've been getting as we start to take this van life lab podcast off the ground thanks for being here <laughs>